This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by PlayStation View, a new live TV service available through your PlayStation console. No annual contracts and no surprise fees. Better TV has arrived. Game the system. Beyond! Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Okay, you started with the weird things. Yeah, so I was sort of fun with that. Beyond. Welcome to Podcast Beyond. Uh, this is Podcast Beyond, episode 435. My name is Max Scoville. Joining me today, we have Marty Sleva. Hi, Max. Brian Altano. What's up? And Andrew Goldfarb. Hey. Yeah. Andrew's a real sleepy boy and he's coughing. I'm not really that sleepy. Uh, Uh, No, I thought there was going to be a, I don't know. We're all kind of ragged because this is the week of the San Francisco Game Developers Conference and that means it's sort of like finals week. Mm -hmm. Like all of us are kind of in and out of the office and the schedule's all screwed up and you're kind of staying up later but also coming in earlier. So uh, we're currently recording this on Wednesday uh, early in the morning and uh, yesterday they announced all the details that we were waiting to hear about on the PlayStation VR. We had a little press conference. I went there with Marty. Mm -hmm. Marty, what did we learn? Uh, Sort of the big thing right off the bat was that uh, we finally got a price and date-ish uh, for PSVR, so uh, it'll be launching in the States, or well, globally actually, it'll be uh, $399 and it'll be launching in October. Uh, they didn't say what the actual date was, but some you know sometime in the month of October. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of, uh, there was a little bit of controversy that came out within the hour after this. Wait, uh, so a gaming wait. announcement? <laughs> Fostered some sort of no. disagreement. Sabatia. <laughs> um, so it's three ninety nine, which you know, in comparison to Oculus Revive, which are six hundred and eight hundred, <coughs> seems incredibly cheap. Uh, but then uh, it turns out you need a PlayStation Move camera uh, in order to use uh, this. Which what is that? Forty sixty dollars? It's, it's, it's MSRP is fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, but it's like you can find it you can right find now on Amazon. It's like forty something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, depending it's, where you are with tax, that's going to come out to about five hundred. Yeah. You know. For and reference, then, that's for all the head tracking that this thing's going to be yes, doing. Right. Which other other uh, other headsets have other alternative ways to do that? I know that the Samsung thing is basically just using your phone's motion tracking yeah. stuff in it. Um, this works a little differently than that. So you will need that setup. The setup itself, like if you've actually looked at all the stuff in the box. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. I think this is um, – we're getting into that territory of sort of like when – remember seeing commercials for like the Wii and you're like, oh, so it's just like you just have a, a remote and it's fine. But then it was like when you plugged in the nunchuck and then there was like all these peripherals and all this yeah, other sensor stuff. Bar and sensor bars and, and charging yeah, cables yeah. and yep. all of a sudden you're Balance looking boards. at yeah, – Yeah, that, that sort of like lone vision of like the guy sitting in the room with the headset on like experiencing a different world. It's that plus a lot of cable clutter. Yeah, so. totally. And uh, it does, also doesn't come with the two move controllers. Right. Uh, which are not necessary for all the games. I've yeah. played plenty of games that you just use the also, DualShock 4. Yeah, which is something that the DualShock have. 4 does work as a move controller, basically. Yeah, I mean, there's certain things like uh, in a game like Job Simulator, each of them is one of your hands, mm-hmm. which you sort of can't do with just a DualShock. Right. Um, but I'm, there are some games that can double with just the DualShock. I'm wondering if they're going to allow you to use two two controllers instead of move, because they basically work the same. I mean, yeah. You've got the light bars on there, which is for tracking. Yeah. And, I mean, if you've played like... Uh, What's that one of those stupid robots? The 
the room where there's a room with robots. Playroom. The playroom. Play yeah, yeah, yeah. Stupid robot. The room with robots. Stupid robot room. You just flick those little idiots around. Yeah. And, just, and we should mention that's free for everybody who gets PSVR. You'll be able to uh, download that. Yeah, VR free. Playroom, uh, mm-hmm. which is something I've, I've played a couple of the games. I mean, it's like a collection of uh, sort of tech demo, fun little party things, yeah. uh, which are <clears> actually cool. So, yeah, we were predicting last week what stuff would come bundled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we shot a little bit high. Uh, but uh, also, well, sort- for now. So that's the thing. Like yeah. the, the the whole thing now is because of everyone talking about the camera and the moves and all these all these questions. Uh, Shuhei in an interview yesterday with Tech Insider did say that there will be a bundle, which is it, tech at least in North Insider, America. not Tech and not Tech, tech, tech Insider. Insider. Yeah. Number one outlet <laughs> for news about tech and <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, and that's not surprising. I mean, they have, look. It's it's March. They have seven months to to mm-hmm. talk about bundles, to figure out pricing, to throw in all kinds of other things. Like I think. Um, like we talked about with Alana last week, I can see them doing kind of a, a family bundle that's like a, a couple family-friendly games and doing like sure. a like kind of a pro bundle that comes with a camera and two controllers and more of a hardcore yeah. game. Yeah. I mean, it's, or, it's a lot easier to come out and say three ninety nine buy yes. than it yeah. is to say four ninety nine because that's yeah. I mean that, that gets that gets back to like the PS three launch E three where well, they got it, into very and then you're like you're actually eclipsing the price of the console itself. Plus, which it's, is still it's required through the life cycle of the console. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like you can't people who are mad about this like. I bought a PS camera two years ago for yeah. sixty bucks. I'm glad it's not included in the box. I won't have to pay have for it again. Have you got like, a lot of use out of it? I've literally never plugged it in. <laughs> so, um, I, but no. But I mean, like the, the point is, like, it, it, they're actually the people who got really mad about this yesterday. It's kind of a knee jerk thing. I think this is actually like good of them to offer just a basic vanilla bundle with just the bare minimum of what you need for PSVR, and then obviously there will be kind of ramps up from there. Well, that's what we were, you and I were talking about this yesterday. Like, this goes in two different ways, right? Mm-hmm. One, you can be upset that it it doesn't come with what you need. Uh, two, you can be happy that if you have the things you need already, that you don't have to buy second versions mm-hmm. of yes, them. Exactly. Like when when I buy, buy PSVR, maybe I'm still sort of on the fence. Uh, for three ninety nine, I'll take that PlayStation camera out of the storage and plug it back in. Everything will be good to mm-hmm. go. I don't have Move controllers because I never I never got into that at the beginning. I have the Move controllers yeah. that's like the nunchuck in the Move. So I have to the get pickles. A, they I get called a, them the pickles. Yeah, yeah. I got to get the second. I got to get the second one with the, the wand. wand. Yeah. The wand. The clown nose gun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you made a good point yesterday <laughs> that the the thing that's hard is the kid on Christmas who gets a PS4 and a PSVR yeah. and opens it and they that can't poor play little boy, it. yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that kid's probably doing that poor fine, child, which is like a nice yeah. cool hat for Christmas. To be fair, yeah. that's not like that is not to be understated. Like yeah. there are a lot of I know we're all in the know. If you're listening to the show right now, guess what? You're you're already in the inner circle. Like everyone in this room gets it. Like mm-hmm. we we're looking at the box, we're flipping it over, we're reading we're reading press releases on this stuff years before they even become a reality. Uh, but yeah, the kid on Christmas, mm-hmm. poor little Johnson. Yeah, his yeah. family spent eight hundred dollars on it. Well, yeah. So I was comparing it to this is to me this is Sony's uh, the 3ds doesn't come with a AC adapter mm-hmm. right which is like they just assume you have it already mm-hmm. but you might not uh, and I actually pulled up a story it was from 2014 so I don't know how much the stats have changed to me I don't think they've changed a lot but 15 percent of, of PS4 owners in 2014 owned the camera which means 85 percent didn't um, that the number of PS4 uh, PS4 owners has uh, increased. You know, in, insanely since then, and I don't know if the number of cameras has as well. There was a I mean, shortage for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like yeah. there was a shortage for a while. Uh, dude, was, at, at launch, it was insane. There were yeah. like two hundred dollars on eBay for a while. It was, yep. it was everybody ridiculous. wanted to be the next big PewDiePie. Yeah, yeah. PewDiePie. Oh, I mean, and the the thing is though, like that he bought oh, them all actually, so they yeah. couldn't. <laughs> that's not to be understated though. Like the Rich camera bastard. actually <laughs> made his own Google car. <laughs> the camera is actually the PS4. Awesome for reasons that aren't PSVR. Like right. the camera. Like the reason I got the camera is because at the time I. 
was like ambitious and like oh, I'm gonna stream and I like never yeah. streamed. No, you yeah. do that but weird I mean, thing where you just you go on you have that one private Twitch channel and you just show you show your wiener. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I get notifications late at night. <laughs> so this is gonna be a thing they'll put back in stores, hopefully with a price drop. Um I'm 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 guessing that the the four ninety nine bundle and I'm just guessing at that price, but that sounds about right because if, if this thing is if the camera's retailing for sixty and the move controllers we assume will retail for around the same price because mm-hmm. peripherals aren't aren't cheap anymore. Then you're looking at a five hundred dollar bundle. Mm-hmm. They can sweeten the deal by throwing a, I think a game rigs. or something in there. I really think there yeah. will be a five hundred dollar bundle with you are obsessed a camera. with the fact that they're adding rigs. What dude, like I don't know <laughs> what rigs is if it's not bundled with PSVR. Like I don't know who I did, like so there there was this big list of games that were at the event you went to yesterday yeah. and and this is why I'm not buying a PSVR at launch because there are no games like there's nothing I want to play on this there's like well, a million cool tech demos there's a million things that are fun at events and stuff but there's nothing that like makes me want to put down four hundred dollars plus the cost of a game to, mm-hmm. to play this, this I fall. mean it's an odd product in that sense also like they haven't gotten to the part where they announce the games this is right. kind of how it always is around GDC they start talking hardware stuff if there's stuff to talk about and then come E3 you know come Gamescom comic-con whatever they start right. actually showing stuff off yeah. they'll flesh yeah, out like, the lineup they announced battlefront uh we'll have an exclusive psvr experience experience mm-hmm. that's gonna be a word we are gonna get so sick yep of. yep yeah. i mean they, said, this week they announced the assassin's creed experience yep. and yeah. like that is yeah and, and so they, they said there'll be 50 games for the end of the year like there will be stuff yeah. and it's like so right now rigs unless i'm forgetting something is the only first party sony game from the ground up for vr which yeah. is the reason i keep bringing it up as a packing game because I mean, it's like what else do you do like well, playroom yeah there's yeah. playroom there's but playroom, i think sure there's world vr yeah, which, which is, is what yeah, london's demos yeah. that's so nice. worlds is, yeah. is it includes the deep which is where shark bites you yeah. and it's mm-hmm. got uh the heist and the getaway which are awesome mm-hmm. i love those uh curious what else gets rolled into that but right. yeah it's going to be kind of like the kitchen maybe we'll get a whole thing in there let's not understate the the sort of hype and excitement that gets into people's heads when they buy a launch product, like I, there are so many games I've purchased which with a launch console or a launch product that I never would have bought halfway through. Killzone, Shadowfall, and Rise this sure. generation. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean there there are, there are Vita Knack. games I, yeah. I bought yeah. at launch that I'm, yeah, Knack is a Knack sold better than than Super Mario 3D World. Like that game sold incredibly it's well. It's very sad. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think people get caught up in the hype, and that's where you'll be like, well, I, I bought this thing for 400 bucks. I got to do something with it. Here's rigs. Here's this. Here's that. Mm-hmm. Um, the big Absent one, obviously, was No Man's Sky. And I think a big part of that, obviously, I mean, it's it feels like all but confirmed at this point. But um, I think the big part of that is that they probably don't want to undercut the launch sales of that game because it but, will be coming out. So, you know, does it, it feel I, all but confirmed? Though? Like, have they, like that's the thing. Like, we all think it's all but confirmed. But, like, actual Sean Murray quotes, like, I don't think they've really, they've, really? they've never yeah. really I mean, talked about it too much. He's always yeah. talked about how it was like, a, it's, this is a childhood dream of right. his, but I legitimately think they are 100% focused on getting this game finished out the door yeah. and then, you then know, they'll start uh, supporting it afterwards. A really, yes, a really interesting thing, and I, I ran this by Brian. If at E3 they want to come out and everyone, they know that everyone's waiting for No Man's Sky. And they know that VR is a thing that people are talking about, but, you know, what are they going to do? They've told the price point. If they were like, pre-order of uh, PlayStation VR today, and you will get No Man's Sky when it comes out next week free, which has VR support coming sometime in the future. Right. Yeah. Like, that would be one of those things that people get so excited for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be such a smart yeah. thing. because yeah, that'd you be get, huge. You get, something, you get something now. You get something in your hand, you know, that week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. I'm also really curious about how it works. Like, does it do anything if you don't have the camera set up? Like, 
if you put it on, does it just it work? It said it requires it. Okay. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's really interesting that if you just – it doesn't even function. I no, mean, if, if it they're doesn't even function. Like, yeah. I mean, we don't do – we, do we know that like 100% for sure that I mean, it doesn't function? I don't know. Function. Like I don't know what the idea um, of function is, but – Yeah. Let me get you – Okay. Well, well, so we, yeah. we can, we can talk while also, you're playing that up. But I think one of, the, one of the big things they talked about yesterday you're probably about to get into was how it supports all PS4 games in this sort of like theater mode. Yeah. And – Requires. Yeah. And the theater mode option, which is basically like I could play Uncharted 4 with PSVR this fall. Yeah. Uh, what that really means is I can pretend I'm playing Uncharted 4 on a massive projection screen inside of mm-hmm. a room where I can kind of look left and right to the sides of the screen, but it's not going to give me like a 360 or even 180 perspective inside the game itself. Yeah. It's simulating a theater experience, yeah. which is probably not going to be as good resolution as the TV you have no, in your, in your apartment right now. But, but if you don't have, if you have a very small TV... Then that's great. Somebody sure. else using the TV, yeah. you get a then cool hat. Yeah. You put on your face. Uh, but that means that on the very, on the very most simple basis of looking left and right, you will need head tracking. So mm-hmm. you will need the mm-hmm. camera for that. So yeah. I think even in the most rudimentary ways of, of uh, extrapolating what you can do with this mm-hmm. thing, you're going to need to move your head left and right. So you on the, the, on the, ci- for that. the cinematic mode, I, I've been talking about this for a while. I think that it's one of those things that people are underestimating how much it's going to be popular <laughs> for, for VR. I think that if you've used the Netflix app that comes with the. Um, the Samsung Gear, mm-hmm. it's kind of stunning because it's like, I mean, it's one. I, I hate watching videos on my phone because it's like it's it's small. It's sort of like it, it's hard to hear it unless I have headphones in, and even then, it's kind of disorienting. But to have like this fake living room where I'm just like, all right, yeah, I'm just gonna <coughs> hold my head like I normally do. I don't usually look down to watch stuff. Yeah, um, I think this could be really this could be really huge. It's also it's an odd <coughs> product in the sense that remember that um that PlayStation TV that allowed like. Uh, basically, like the three D split screen thing, mm-hmm. where two people yeah. could play a game. Um, it feels kind of like that in a, in a weird way, like because I feel like most of the people are going to be getting this are people who have a living room setup, you know, have like a they have a, a normal TV and all that. But I keep thinking of like the dorm room setup or like the small apartment setup, and maybe you don't have that room for a big TV, and you're like, you know what? Here's my new display. Like right. here's my, I mean now I have my PS4 tucked under my bed and also, I've got yeah. my. Also, you legitimately don't need a TV anymore. You can take your PS4 and your uh, PSVR with you on the road. And just plug it in any outlet. And well, yeah, could you without the camera? Well, like that's, you can that's, plug that. You can plug the camera. So in. you don't need the camera with the TV. Interesting. But you like, legitimately I don't, don't like Adam Boy's told me you don't need the TV anymore. Yeah. That's um, interesting because, like, so let's say you're on a plane, you want to plug your PS4 into the power supply and have PSVR on yeah, to watch the, it. You put the cool camera on the seat in front of you, so the man doesn't knock it over. With I mean, it reminds me of like, yeah, exa- that's like that's where I'm confused about like what that looks like. Like, uh, it looks like a disaster. That's what it looks like. <laughs> a friend of the show, Nick Robinson, who uh, works at Polygon, was uh, doing. He he brought his Wii U on the plane and was having mm-hmm. the flight attendants help him make a Mario Maker level because that's the thing you can do. And that's like that's what this is sort of interesting to me because I I understand I understand the need for that. Especially Especially if you have roommates or if you're in a dorm, especially. But like when I was in college, I didn't have nine hundred dollars to spend on toys like this. Sure. I just didn't. Um, it's not. It wasn't really an option. It's also I think that the viewing trends of human beings in general are moving more towards that kind of second screen experience thing, multitasking. Like PSVR is still in a very sort of like honed in, isolated on one screen experience. Whereas like I know when I got my Wii U or my Vita or my 3DS. One of my favorite things to do was to marathon through a TV show while I was 
down here playing a video game, yeah. you know? And I think it's like, that's the sort of multitasking that you're not going to, this, that VR is completely moving mm-hmm. away from in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So while I do see the merits of that, it's also like kind of the opposite of the way people are, are interacting with things now. That's a really good and point. I yeah. just, I hate the idea so much of sitting and watching, playing a game or watching a movie in my apartment and I get a text and I have to, Unstrap this thing from my face to look at my phone, well, respond I, to it's it. It's very disorienting. Really? Really? You it don't like on? that? You don't like the idea of having a situation where you're not interrupted by a text? Like, I'm gu- I mean, no, dude, Max, I'm going to be interrupted by a text. If right. I would, turn, I would your, f- turn your phone off. Like, enjoy something in it. Like, that's the thing is the second screen experience is but one dude, thing. So I, agree, I agree with the Stop idea it. of... Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. <laughs> you are glued to your phone anyway, which is part of your job, and that's great. But, like... I'm not, dude, I'm not talking about not taking an hour-long break from my phone, obviously. Yeah, it's great to watch something and be immersed. Also, I have a life, and human beings are going to contact me, and I'm not going to yeah, say, what if your life oh, was I'm so immersed in Uncharted for multiplayer that I'm not answering. No, I mean, I just, it's getting up and in going to the bathroom. It's, it's someone knocking on your door. It's any yeah, yeah, it's a, The text it's, is a metaphor in this scenario. The exactly. Text, the text is also a, a dog. Uh, exactly. Or a kid. It is your roommate asking a you a question. Yeah, it is, it is any of the... <laughs> it is you any don't have a dog or a kid or a roommate. You're hilarious. No, I get what you're It's the 500 situations where having something... Literally strapped to your head that you have to remove to take a break is like super disruptive. I mean, it's like, everyone I mean, is, no, it's not. I played with this yesterday. It takes PSVR of any of the headsets yeah. takes literally three There's seconds. A, there to is take a off. button underneath it that you can slide forward up. and you it look is the down. Easy, it is of the Vive and the Oculus. It is the only one I could put on by myself within five seconds. I, and I will, for it to be. I will say, regardless of, of comfort of the headset level, the the sort of like. Dipping in and out of that world to me is the the tiniest bit disorienting. Like we played um, Werewolf Within for an hour and a half on Friday afternoon, and the few times I took the headset off and went back in, like it it felt like when you get out of a pool, oh, yeah. and then yeah. you jump back in. It's like well, there's a there's a few minutes of like. Okay, I'm not in the pool anymore. And like, that's the thing that throws me off every time. It's it's and, and with Vive, like yes, totally. Vive is like more it's more complicated to take off than mm-hmm. PSVR is, but it's like when I was playing the portal demo and Mitch asked me a question and I pulled myself out of Vive for a second to to answer him, and then I put it back on and it like I legitimately like my brain was so confused. Like it mm-hmm. took like thirty seconds for me yeah. to catch up of like <clears throat> pulling myself out and getting back in and like Yeah, this like honestly we're, like we're all focusing on the sixty dollar camera thing. I think there are far bigger uh sort of questions at play here. Like IGN yesterday <clears throat> tweeted and IGN has I don't even know how many millions of Twitter followers. They tweeted out like are you are you excited for, for, for VR? Mm-hmm. And it was the the responses were exactly split. It was 50-50. Half the people, yes. Half the people, no. Yep. And some people, obviously, the like, price is a factor. Uh, other people are, are probably just trying to figure out which one. Like the, the big thing about this PSVR, it's cheaper than the rest of them. But like a crappier car is cheaper than a good car, too. Like the Oculus is incredibly expensive, but scaled in comparison to – and you guys, you were talking about this yesterday, right? Like this, the PSVR is the price of, of a PS4. Mm-hmm. The Oculus is – half the price of a really, really good PC. Um, it's also <clears throat> far more powerful. So, yeah, like you're getting in on the entry level of this thing, but it's not as strong as the competition, which is going to be a little uh, daunting, especially coming from PS4 owners who have kind of had, not including PC, the best performing multi-platform games across this most of this generation. You know, yep. so you are taking a step backwards with that. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things at play. I was. Um, I was talking in the podcast Beyond Group about how, like, my issue with this thing is the the sort of, like, the social ideology of sitting on a couch next to somebody I'm completely ignoring mm-hmm. in a one-bedroom apartment, like, that I married somebody. Uh, and there was, uh, there was uh, this guy, Anthony, in there who had just gotten married, like, five days before. And he's like, this is going to be a tough sell. 
And it was kind of like, well, I mean, have this conversation early because you just got married now. So it's it's sort of like, you know, prison rules or yeah. whatever. But uh, I think that like a lot of people who have kids who have pets, like it's going to sort of be a thing. And yeah, you can wait for everybody to go to sleep and stuff like that. But there's there's a lot more at play here than just price and specs. Like this is a this is a cultural this is a cultural conversation. Now, now here's a, another point to that. Of the people who were, you know, polled, the thousands of people on, on Twitter who were responding to this question about, yeah. like, are you excited for VR or whatever, how many of them have done it? I think that's another question entirely. I think that this is something you really do have to experience sure. yourself. Of course. Yeah. A lot of people have and that. It's a hard thing to demo. I mean, yeah. you know, you have that image of, of the dude in Hackers, like, with the thing on his face, or yeah. the Johnny Mnemonic trailer, like, this, this stuff that is, you know, 25 years out of date. Uh and I think that it's going to change a lot of people's minds when they actually try it out for themselves. When they go down to the mall and get their own head lice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when you get a nice staph infection yeah. from that cool spongy thing. And that, that Which is, is the, uh, thing. the gross thing about all this, right? It's like we're demoing these games and everyone's like putting white sanitizer down. on their there's faces. Also, there's also like the sour grapes aspect. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, the fact mm-hmm. is, this is an incredibly expensive luxury item. This is a, this is an expensive device. Yeah. And I think there is that habit of people, especially on the internet, where your opinion is basically currency of. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think about this. Here's how I react to this. I think a lot of people are like, on some level, they're like, I want this, but I don't want to be like, it's easier to be like, I don't want this than to be like, I want this and I can't have this. You know, and we see this a lot. We see this. This is why people There's also fanboyism at play. I mean, we tweeted the question immediately after the PSVR thing. So it's assumed that that's what we're talking about entirely. And, you know, if you're a Nintendo guy or an Xbox guy, you're probably looking at it being like, no, I'm not interested in that. And that's what's so funny. It's funny for new tech. Because, like, for for VR, like, it's it's that rising tile of salt boats things. Like, it's like, if you like VR, it's so funny to be weirdly, like, like rejecting certain manufacturers or whatever because like yeah. now is the time where it's like buying PSVR is good for Oculus. I mean, it's, it's, you like, it's go for if you like games, you should just be happy that people are making them. But yeah. instead, yeah. we've been sure. like I I, yeah. I had a I had to raise my textbook in second grade to block a milk carton that got thrown across the room because my friend said that Sega Genesis sucked. <laughs> like this has been a war forever, and yeah. I, I love hey, your utopia hey. where it all goes away. Maybe, but. maybe in this new this brave new world of crazy expensive hats that you put on your face from yeah. the cheaper twenty dollar Google cardboards to the six thousand dollar. Vive rooms that you get, the big spheres full of weird the, the cerebros. Yeah. <laughs> just like, can we I really all, want? Can that. we just can we just be like, you know what? If we're putting something on your face to see something else, maybe maybe we're all on the same side here. Like maybe like mm-hmm. net, let's not make a console so, war out of this. Like please, yeah. Just, yeah. okay, everybody. Just, so we're, it's gonna be though. I, mean, I know we're twenty two minutes in the episode, uh, and we've talked about three games. Yeah, which is we could talk about price all we want. Yeah. We could talk about what the future of uh, this technology is. We could talk about what this means for society as a whole. We could talk about what this means for for. Anthony's marriage. Can I talk about uh, a game? But the fact is, what are these games? So yeah, we play a bunch of games. Yes, I, I, I want to talk about games. First game I played. I saw it. It's called Gary the Gull. I went up and I said, what's this game? They said, it's not a game. Which is really weird to have someone tell you at an event that's You're going to hear that a lot. You're going to hear that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's an interactive movie. And I was like, all right. Uh, and I hopped in there, and he's, these guys are like former Bungie, former uh, Pixar. And basically, and it's, it's the big two. incredibly charming. Uh, you You sit down. And you're sitting on a beach, and you look around, and there's palm trees, and there's lovely, like, kind of, you know, Hawaiian guitar music playing or whatever. And this seagull shows up, and you're kind of like, there's a drawing in the sand of, like, a sun. And he starts asking you about what your thoughts are on art. 
and you can like you can nod yes or shake your head no or just not react. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> not uh, a fan of the aughts. And so this guy starts you know smooth talking you. Gary the, the goal is, here. They they told me that there is uh, normally there's voice recognition, so you yeah. can actually like you can you know talk to this awful bird. Are you holding a controller or anything? Uh, like that? No controller. So it's all it's all head. That's great. That's um, really cool. Yeah, nothing but head. Um, <laughs> um, but like basically you uh, you're. You're, it's a it's a choose your own adventure just with yes or no questions. That's really um, cool. And apparently there are there are branching s- stories or whatever, but it's or th- I think there there are, but they weren't showing them for this demo. I mean, it's it's one of those things. that's still kind of this is very very slice of demo, you know, mm-hmm. vertical slice kind of thing. Um, and basically, the 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 goal is trying to trick you into looking away from your cooler so that he can go in there, and he'll be like, "Hey, there's a unicorn over there! Oh my god, look at that unicorn! Look at it!" And if you look over. Then you look back and he's like rooting around your cooler and he hops out and he's like, "Ah, oh, your cooler tried to eat me! Get, get that! Get me out of here!" So they made so they made a, an experience based on that thing you do in like third grade. Where you're like, "Hey, look over there, Superman!" You take someone's French fries. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like it's a great. It's made you look the interactive yeah. movie. See, I feel um, like I would have I would have totally I would I think I would have loved a game like Firewatch a lot more if it was just truncated down to an experience like this where a lot of the movement was handled for mm-hmm. me, but decisions were based on vo- uh, like my own perception, looking left and right, like nodding to to many, and then like clicking through. Dialogue. Yeah, or whatever it is, like talking itself. I mean, that's why I really liked what we did in Werewolf Within because there was there was a vocal aspect to that, mm-hmm. which I actually didn't really think was part of VR and a social aspect. As yeah, well. yeah. I, I, I haven't associated VR with something that eight people can play. Yeah, and it's yeah. so like that. It's funny because like I, like I super roll my eyes the word experience, but also. I like the idea that people are thinking outside the box with this. Like, I think Werewolf Within is a really Werewolves Within Werewolves. is a really cool um, example of like. I n- it never occurred to me what a good idea a VR like essentially tabletop game is, or like right. just yep. sitting around with your friends and like that works so much better than I think a lot of the early VR demos were like you can ride a roller coaster, you can like play an FPS or whatever, but it's like. That's not really the value of what VR can be. Well, the, yeah. the 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 presentation we were in for this game started with this dystopian, you know, stock photo of a guy in this like decrepit one bedroom apartment that's falling apart around him. There's always those pictures like of like a guy. T- there's that meme going around of like a guy takes off a VR helmet and like his house is burned down. Yeah, like, yeah it's yeah. gone. Or there's a, there's that like clawing at his own skin corn album cover looking thing of a guy sitting in a corner with a headset on, just like uh, and the picture on the side's like he's kissing someone. It's really sad. <laughs> yeah. So I like the idea of it being social. That being said, uh, it reminds me a lot of when four of my friends wanted to play Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, and we all needed Game Boy Advances and link cables, and that got into the hundred couple, couple hundred yeah. dollar territory. This is like, I mean, to, to do an eight-player VR game, you're looking at like six thousand dollars worth of stuff. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, but I mean, if we all want to play PS4 online, that's yeah. that's four, and we have them already. Yeah, exactly, and there yeah. it is. Um, yeah. Same deal. I think that we played it in a totally. Like not ideal situations. We're all in the same room. Yeah, uh, we were picking up each other's audio. Uh, I mean, it's you know, if you've never played it, it's like Mafia or sort of Werewolf, Heads Up Seven yeah. Up or whatever Werewolf. But basically, you know, you're trying to guess who's the werewolf, and everyone kind of. Uh, it's kind of hilarious to see such an expensive solution to a game that you can play with literally scraps of paper. Yeah, yeah. with yeah. napkins um, and a pen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's. Uh, I think that it's it's an entirely different thing just on a, on a social level because people like. People do like to Skype. People like yep. to talk on the phone. Like people, it, as far as it being an Nobody isolated thing. Nobody talks on the phone anymore. <laughs> some people talk on the phone, or Skype, or Google Hangouts, yeah. or whatever. But the fact is, like when you do that, you're not exactly being like you're not including people around you necessarily yeah. either. I mean, when people put on mm-hmm. a, a headset to, to you know to chat online or whatever, that's also kind of isolating. Yeah. You know, yeah. If I you're mean, sitting there playing a game and you're talking to your friend in, in another country, yeah. And we one thing that I think that we're kind of overlooking is that there is. 
Uh, I don't know what, what game this will be or what experience this will be that, that really grabs onto this, but to have something that's like even just a lobby. Just I mean, like that's a, what the, the opening yeah. of those games were. That we yeah. were all sitting around a campfire, and Alana was playing with us, and she said afterwards, "Like I could use this to hang out with my friends back in Australia." Yeah, yeah. like literally as a yeah. I guess we're playing a game on the side, but like this we, is we, how I could catch up with six people at the same time. Six yeah. of us were sitting in a circle around a campfire in one setting, and the next setting we were sitting around what looked like that uh, that hole from Game of Thrones, yeah. <laughs> which was kind of terrifying. But it had a really interesting. There were interesting social aspects to it. Like you can stand up. In real life. And when you stand up in real life, your character in the game stands up and he's like, hey, I have something to say. Uh, I'm definitely not the werewolf because this isn't. And it's just really funny to be yeah. like, and everyone in the room's like, sit down, shut up. Yeah. And uh, there was a part where there's a thing you can do. There's a mechanic in the game where you can lean to the side. And like, if Marty's sitting next to me in the game, I can lean over and be like, hey. So uh, I really think Max is a werewolf. And you see the two characters zoom into each other, and they're whispering, and no one else can hear their yeah. conversation. And at one point, Alana's to my left, and I'm sitting here, and her and I both lean into each other to whisper to different people in the game. <laughs> so for anybody looking in, it looks like these two people are whispering to each other, but we're talking to completely different people. Yeah. We're worried we're going to bump into each other's heads. Like yeah. I actually thought it was, aside from like the the vo- our voices cutting out each other, I thought it was a really fun thing to do with all of us in the same room with each mm-hmm. other. I actually don't know if it it would be as fun if you remove that setting. But so, the weird thing is almost no one will play it the way you guys did. No, exactly. exactly. Oh, yeah. I think it is way more interesting as a, a possible like chat client, mm-hmm. or a, a virtual reality chat room than I do as a, as a game. I yeah. think the werewolf element is almost like kind of irrelevant really yeah i'm almost you know? bummed so, that it's a it's a called werewolves within like i almost would like the idea of this being like a thing where they can keep adding like basically have it be a hub and you can yeah. add mini games and stuff yeah, to it. Yeah. yeah i mean like you guys ever go on like google hangouts and you can like yeah. add hats and like mm-hmm. mustaches yeah. and yeah, stuff yeah. or you and i do it every that, month <laughs> yeah or there's that stupid like i mean those those goofy things people put on like on instagram where it's like oh your face is a rabbit like that whole of that whole like a, like you know avatar creation like the i mean so the one you thing know, we started doing was home the, kind of stuff. The, uh, yeah. the D-pad has different sort of emotes, and one of yeah. them's pointing, and one of them's like, a, put your arms in the air. And we did a wave. Yeah. Like, yeah. six people in a row were just like, with their arms in the air. We did a wave around the room, and it was like, this is so dumb. We could do this for free with our friends, but we never would, mm-hmm. because yeah. we're here in this like weird, uh, haunted medieval setting. Mm-hmm. You look in the background, there's tombstones and ghosts. There's like a swing with like a fake duck on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like uh, ice ice wolves and stuff like that. Like, it's just like... Yeah, we can do this in real life, but yeah. we can't sit in this place together. Yeah. Like we're in a we're in a virtual I mean, space so, hanging out as friends. It's so, very weird. So for everyone terrified of the fact that all we're talking about are things that seem like they have the most minimal interactivity <laughs> ever, uh, I played a, uh, literally 15 hours of VR in the last two days, which was very weird. And I'll talk about. And you're it almost setting. completely blind now. I it's I feel very strange. <laughs> it was kind they're, of they're doing blind, a good yeah. clap for me outside. Yeah. Um, uh, but I played games that did have uh, like stricter mechanics and rules and, mm-hmm. and sort of uh, creativity. Uh, Eagle Flight, which was a game that's also Ubisoft game, which I think they revealed last year. It's that, it's that same dream sequence from uh, from Assassin's Creed Three or the bird sequence from Far I mean, Cry Primal. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, they're like taking the same thing. Uh, you are uh, you're an eagle yeah, flying yeah. around. Uh, sort of not post-apocalyptic Paris but it's post-human Paris so all the humans are gone and there's just like animals roaming the streets thousands of birds uh, so many birds uh, but you're an eagle and you're using uh, you're using your head I played on Oculus but it's coming to, to PSVR as well and you're using your head to control so you're, you're you know you look up you look down to control your pitch and then you sort of tilt your head to the side to to control just the way your, your birds do sort you, of moving do in you the you air your arms? you don't flap your arms at all will it's you feel, like, you feel compelled miss. to flap your arms I, uh, like you will not I was playing as Paul Lucky, so I felt weird to flap my arms in front of a billionaire. Uh, but I beat him. He and he was told me to- 
So it's actually a different VR game. Yeah. Just flap your arms in front of a billionaire. <laughs> Simulator. Come um, on, iOS what, and Android. What was it? Cliff Jumper? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it was actually like, honestly, the sensation of uh, flying through Paris in VR with like, you know, just, just swooping in and out of arches and through mm-hmm. parks yep. and sort of like, you know, narrowly avoiding crashing into bridges. Like that's, it felt really cool. And that's it felt thrilling. so intuitive. Yeah. And it was one of those things I was worried. I was like, God, am I going to get nauseous from this? And absolutely not. Like it was interesting. It was incredibly natural. Odd, oddly enough, I played a game. Uh, I played a game that I've already played. Uh, but it wasn't VR before. It's called Nog. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a weird little puzzle game that I saw at uh, at E3 last yeah, year. Double Fine's producing it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, or publishing it. Yeah. Um, it is. Uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, Ho Hokum, mm-hmm. except it's centered around these weird heads. Like Nog is sort of like Noggin, you know. So you've got these these big kind of colorful heads and you like you kind of feel around and you you interact with different parts of them like you'll like pull on an ear or something or and then this like panel will appear and you basically can flip the head around and there's like a little diorama and there's like a house full of you know these colorful little people and basically there's this kind of like it's it's somewhere between like a a puzzle game and a pop-up book and like maybe a music box yeah it's not really it's not really gamey you're just kind of interacting with stuff until something happens um Oddly enough, that is the game that has made me the most dizzy on PSVR oh, of anything I've played. Yeah. Of including like a high speed car chase, uh, you know, just it, it's bizarre because it has these like very psychedelic kind of like just you know kind of segues between sequences where mm-hmm. it just it just rushes at you and it's like a you know after dark screensaver on crack and like I I didn't dislike it like it didn't make me queasy but it gave me butterflies mm-hmm. which was really fun. Yeah. You know, like I really enjoy that. Like yeah. I was like, I was like, ooh, a <laughs> little bit of like a like a, a giggly sensation. Well, I'll have that feeling in like in 3D platformers or like some Assassin's Creed games when you're right at the top and you're on that eagle's nest perch yeah. thing and you're looking down. And I, I start getting like little pins and needles in my fingers mm-hmm. and my feet, and I'm just like, oh man, am I like a little bit afraid of heights? Like there's <laughs> yeah. that sort of that thrill to that, and I mean, then and then also knowing that it's not real and that there's yeah. no actual ramifications to you falling and that you'll probably land in hay. Eagle Flight sounds like an entire game based around jumping off into haystacks. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which is just, like, yeah. it's just so much Oh my god, there's so much scrawling. Yeah. Like really? Did, did you um, do that's any great. Uh, Thumper? Because Thumper's yeah. a game, like I, I really like Thumper just playing it at E3 or whatever, but uh, or PAX, but I'm curious to see what that would be in VR. Like yeah, how so was that? Thumper's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit like amplitude and mm-hmm. frequency uh, you're sort of uh, it's just really like electro sort of techno uh, very colorful surreal thing that uh, the screen as things are constantly rushing towards you and you're sort of moving along a path trying to uh, hit nodes on a beat and it, it it plays exactly sort of how you would imagine a thing like that would play uh, in 2d but in 3d it was between that and res which I played at PSX um, some of the sort of craziest when I took it off after five minutes I was like oh I forgot I'm in a room in San Francisco surrounded by colleagues in the industry like it was the thing where like any good puzzle game where you sort of if you play Super Hexagon for a long time if you really get into like Rock Band or Guitar Hero where you're so immersed in just the single path this small image and then you look away from that path and you almost see it yeah like you look at a wall and you see the lane moving like the nodes are moving yeah yeah, Yeah. 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 it was was like what was it like Tetrisitis in the 80s or whatever it's just like you carry it into the real world and all of a sudden you're fitting things together and that's what people were like Andrew was talking about that with The Witness when he was playing it so much like walking like downtown San Francisco and looking at buildings and being like we could chase snakes I can draw a line See uh, Maximum Overdrive? Yeah. Is yeah. that part of the guys in the arcade and he's like <laughs> stealing all the cigarettes because yep. the machine's just barfing them out and then he sees his arcade game and he's like, 
yo mama and then it electrocutes him yeah, yeah. seriously because he's like hypnotized by it yeah I don't know that just made me think of that for some reason um, um, I also got to play uh, Golem a little bit uh, yeah what's yesterday? up with Golem like I mean that's the if if people want the like I want a real game you know mm-hmm. quote unquote whatever the, it, the hell that means vibes of Rise from it kind of yeah I mean a little like bit uh, in terms of it Rise middle, the Xbox One launch yeah. game yeah. yeah like for better or when they first were talking about that and they were like yeah it's a Kinect game where you fight with the their hands or whatever right. and you're like right. I don't, it just like Golem, it's weird. It looks, it's kind of, it's not ugly, but it is. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, and I've I realized that all the games I've enjoyed in VR are like incredibly colorful and like or abstract yeah. or just like not going for realism whatsoever or just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think that there needs to, like it's it's kind of odd because like I'm I'm super down to play like a gross, violent, like gritty, stupid in your face kind of game, mm-hmm. but I have zero compulsion to play that in VR. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go there, you know? Like, I want to be someplace nice. Like, I'm totally happy sitting on a beach and talking to a seagull or, like, looking at these weird abstract colorful heads or being yeah. an eagle flying around. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's that, I mean, I think there's, like, that sort of positive escapism that I think a lot of people would look for in an experience like that. And it's also the fact that, like, this thing is not the most specced out uh, kit in the world. And going for realism all the time might not be the best opportunity here. I think going for sort of that flatter, colorful, more cel-shaded look is going to, A, make a more positive escapism experience, and B, uh, play up to the specs of this thing better. Like, you're not, I don't think you're going to be able to run, you know, GTA 5 PC at, at max settings type of type of thing on this. Which know? is, yeah. uh, so it's super interesting that you bring that up, because uh, I, I played a lot of Vive and Oculus and PSVR this week, uh, and I purposefully uh, played a job simulator on all three. We oh, have Job Simulator on Vive here in the office, and then mm-hmm. on Monday I played it at the Oculus event, and then yesterday I played it uh, on PSVR to see, like, hey, I've run through this exact same five-minute demo on three different things. Uh, how does it pan out? And, Did you play it with the touch controllers in Oculus? Or? Uh, yes, I played it touch on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so PSVR, I can say uh, the headset is the most comfortable uh, of the three, especially for someone with glasses. Uh, I'm super blind without my glasses, and so I have to wear them in the mm-hmm. thing. Uh, I could I could finagle an Oculus or a Vive to sort of make it semi comfortable, but you, it never felt actually comfortable. Did you feel with the Oculus that like it would sort of shift a little bit during during sessions, or like you would? So I, I found with Werewolf Within that we played on Oculus, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was constantly sort of like I locked in and it was good, and then like a half an hour would go by and I noticed there was like this sort of like window frame of stuff that was a little blurry outside of the picture mm-hmm. to me, um, and my my vision's pretty much perfect. Uh, they there was a, a part where you can you pull up a book to to read the rules of like oh, so you're a villager this is what you can do you're a werewolf this is what you can do you're an overseer blah 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 um, so that book uh, was highly focused for me at some points and then others wasn't sure. so I found myself like fidgeting with it a little more yeah. than I wanted to um, it's the same way I feel sort of when I when I go to see a 3D movie. And I'm like, I put on the glasses, and then like halfway through, I'm like, oh, this it feels yeah. a little like Vaseline on the outside here, and I so, adjust it a little bit. Uh, so uh, the Vive and the Oculus, are, they they it has a uh, higher total resolution than uh, PSVR does because it's two separate lenses, two separate right. screens. Uh, PSVR is a single screen, is one screen in front of your eyes, yeah. uh, which I really liked. Okay. Uh, as someone who has very terrible eyes, I liked the fact that it was just one screen. It almost, even though it doesn't have a, it is a smaller total screen than the two, uh, the two on the other ones combined. It felt bigger to me. It almost felt like you were looking at a screen in a movie theater. Oh, weird. And the, yeah, the resolution definitely wasn't as good. Like Did I played Job Simulator, and it looked 
a little bit fuzzy compared to mm-hmm. Now, the fuzziness, Oculus. is that, like, a lot of people have been describing that fuzziness as the screen door effect, which is basically, it looks like you're looking through a very thin mesh towards yeah. the world that you're staring yeah. at, rather uh, than something like Oculus, which I, I found, like, in- incredibly, like, the clarity on that is, is, is pretty, is, yeah. it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And it's actually, like, I remember the, the earlier versions of Oculus were very disorienting. I tried, oh, yeah. like, a version where you could walk around the Millennium Falcon. And a lot of that is just, like, it, it was sort of like a a tech demo thing. It wasn't completely mm-hmm. optimized. Together, yeah. But I think that like playing Werewolf Within with the Oculus was I completely lost that screen door effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was I was kind of breaking with the sort of clarity on the on the window frames of it. But it was at no point did I feel like I was looking through a, a mesh into yeah. a backyard yeah. or something yeah. like that. And that sort of does exist uh, in PSVR. It's not a deal breaker uh, in any way. It just almost feels like if you own a movie on DVD instead of Blu-ray and you put it on mm-hmm. in the first couple of seconds you you're can, like ah oh, dang like this is you on. can see the graphics yeah, yeah. you can like, see the graphics but then it's like playing on 720p versus or watching Netflix on, on the Wii yeah but like yeah. the second go that the second something <laughs> if something is good and you're immersed in it you stop caring it very doesn't matter yeah. after yeah. like five minutes um, very yeah. and we're not totally. like we're not the like that's the thing. Like I didn't, I didn't get into this industry because I'm a graphics snob. I really didn't. Like I, like I, I side with a lot of you guys in that art direction is far more important to me than graphic fidelity. That being said, uh, like this, this entire experience is to simulate the immersion of being in a world you're not, and you know, seeing the sort of the strings behind the the puppet show a little bit yeah. can can break it to mm-hmm. it yeah. to an extent. Um, um, I played a game actually. When I was just looking it up on my phone. It's called Wayward Sky, mm-hmm. uh, which is I think. Uh, I think it's the first third-person game I've played, if, if I'm, unless I'm crazy. Um, but basically, it's a it's a point and point and look adventure, pretty much. Like you, uh, you move around in, in two ways. You you are in a kind of a third-person view, and you you have like you have the the controllers or the, the motion controllers to um, to just kind of point yourself. It's like it's like pointing a laser pointer for a cat, and you've got this. You're playing as this girl, and you walk around this in this beautiful area, and it's it's sort of vaguely isometric unless you move your head, and then you're mm-hmm. looking at stuff from different angles. Uh, and then when you interact with smaller stuff, like you would in, I mean, it, it's like an old, you know, like an old Lucasfilm or uh, LucasArts game where, like, if you, you're like, go look at this, and you, like, see a closer thing, and there's, like, a puzzle, um, you interact with it like you're in first person. Yeah. And I thought it was like a really that. cool yeah. way of, of solving it, like, to the point where, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a puzzle where I had to get past these robots that were walking around, and then I had to get to this, um, like, a, a cable car elevator type thing. And once I got in the elevator, it was like, yeah, you you can start like you can see it from that view and you're looking yeah. you're looking around this level you were just seeing from a different perspective and i talked to the guy about it and he was saying that one of his issues is he does get really queasy playing these games but he wanted to make one anyway yeah, you know? yeah. i love that uh, sure and it's really the movement that kind of i think that that'll make people more disoriented than, than and that's our- exactly it right now if you look back at something like the vita um the the strongest the the best the best experiences on the Vita are the ones that played to the strengths and weaknesses of that of that of that platform yes. right because they were built that, from the ground up and yeah. they were and meant it, for it's it. the kind yeah. of people that were just like we're ma- like something like Tearaway right mm-hmm. which is just sort of like it's adorable and it's idyllic and you're sitting there and playing it with your inter- interacting with the camera and the back touch and stuff like that and it's all coming together and it's working um, I think that like when we heard about the Star Wars thing for this like a lot of people immediately jumped to Battlefront it's like well that no that's a fast paced arcade shooter that's not going to work for this but something that will work will be the single player mission stuff like the uh, speeder bike sequences mm-hmm. right where you're on one and it's on autopilot and you can speed it up and slow it down and look left and right and you can crash into a tree and when you do it's horrible <laughs> but it's built from the ground up for this experience rather than saying, like, port everything to it, you know? And I think that's yeah. where this thing, where all these things are really going to shine. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm that's where Fighter Squadron. Because yeah. I'll hop in a Fighter Squadron and I'll try to play in first person, and it's just like, it's 
too crazy. It's but too if crazy, I had yeah. head, head tracking going on, I would probably barf but enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the thing that will make <clears throat> VR hit, like it's the thing that will make it successful, is if someone nails that from the ground up thing. Like like if Tearaway had broken through and sold 10 million copies, right. like that's the thing that like everyone would want to make games for Vita yes. because yeah. it proves it, you know? Yeah. And I think for me, there are all these awesome tech demos that get it and they get what works for VR. Someone just needs to make a game. Yes. You know, someone like, and there will be a dev who figures that out, but it just, they yeah. have to figure out how to make that the something killer, I want to play for 12 yeah. hours. Say, right? yeah, like exactly. the one that, that makes you go, this, this validates this, this platform's entire totally. existence, yeah. you know? Yep. And I think yeah. a lot of people, a lot, a lot of things struggle with that. If you look at the PlayStation Move, it never truly resonated because it didn't really have that. Um, I like the Wii reached a lot of people with its bowling game and stuff like that, but you look at something like the Wii U, it never really did like mm-hmm. three years into the console's life cycle they're like oh you can make a mario maker level with a touchscreen you're like oh that's smart like mm-hmm. even if you look at the 3ds it's moved away from the touchscreen stuff a lot of iphone games have kind of moved away from heavy swiping and stuff like that uh, and they've kind of narrowed down to being more core experiences so i think we're going to get a lot of gimmicky garbage at the beginning of this thing and then eventually we're going to get the the two or three pieces of software yeah. that just acts, a- absolutely validate why it exists uh, yep. absolutely so we've been talking about vr for 45 minutes yep. uh, it's a Sorry. fascinating topic i mean no it's Incredible. Obviously, this was the topic of the week. But it's there's either a couple, the future or it's, or it's, <laughs> or it's a huge bust. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a couple other things we want to, you know, we have to cut the episode a little bit short today because uh, of GDC. But there's a couple of the news items. Literally, one that just broke. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is just interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to like dramatically realize. Uh, no, I, I, I want to talk about that for a second. Yeah. So, Rhyme, uh, which is a really pretty game that was first announced at Gamescom 2013. Yeah, it was by uh, Tequila Works, the studio that did Deadlight, which was a yep. pretty cool uh, XBLA game. That's that gorgeous game that right. looks like Eco meets Wind Waker. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we haven't heard about it basically since then. And uh, Tequila Works just got the rights back, basically. So, Sony is now no longer publishing Rhyme. Wow, uh, which is really interesting, and yeah. we don't know what that means yet. This this Weird. literally just broke, but um, yeah, it's just one of those really interesting cases of like, where is it? And I wonder if that game's kind of been reworked, or if maybe they bit off more than they could chew, or sure. maybe it's the opposite. Maybe they really realized that they want to do something bigger than what Sony had planned for it. People were calling it like Sony Zelda when we yeah. first saw yeah. it. Yeah, I mean it, that it, game it had is stunning gorgeous. debut. Yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm really excited to, to find out more about it. It's, it's kind of nice, like. To just hear the name, like yeah. to know they're yeah. still making it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a little again, literally, the story broke 30 seconds ago. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. I'm hoping this means this game's further along than we think, and that we're going to get news from it, and that maybe yeah. it's coming at to everything, right. uh, and not uh, this game is in a mess of trouble, and we exactly. will never see it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. We'll have more on that shortly. Uh, meanwhile, we've got uh, Square confirming a new RPG. Well, so this is I what's interesting. Setsuna? This was announced at E3. It's actually already out in Japan. Like this game, okay. the game itself is something people have kind of known about for a while. Yeah, it's never the been confirmed thing, for the West. Exactly. So the, the news oh, okay, is that okay. it's coming to the West. Um, but the big deal is that in Japan, it came to PS4 and Vita, whereas here it's not coming to Vita. Uh, yeah. Here it came, it's coming to PS4 and, PC. and Steam. Yeah. Uh, so it's really interesting just because like they have this game done. Like People are playing it right now yeah. in Japan. They're translating it anyway for PS4, um, and they chose to not bring it here, which I, I would imagine is an install-based thing. Yeah, and the game's uh, director told our friends at US Gamer that if there mm-hmm. was a swell, like the fact he's like, hey, there's a better install base in uh, Japan, and people are playing their Vitas in Japan, and that, uh, quote, if there's a swell of demand in North America, we'll consider it. And uh, the game looks awesome. It looks it's, awesome. It's inspired super by Chrono Trigger. Inspired by Chrono Trigger. Has like a very old-school ATB Yeah, 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 the battle like, system yeah. looks exactly like Chrono Trigger. Yep. Uh, you know, it's a top It's much better looking than a 16-bit game, but it's something that <laughs> I would absolutely yep. want to play on a, a Vita. That's, so. Yeah, that's sounds like totally a perfect Vita game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. They would. Which is like, I played uh, 
Severed this week again. That's the drink box game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Guacamelee guys are working on the Vita game. That's a really cool, like, uh, touch-based, uh, sort of really gorgeous cel-shaded roguelike that is, I don't know, seems like one of the last bastions of the Vita, mm-hmm. um, which is a bummer because I love that thing. That's also to coming to mobile, it. right, or iOS? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Is it's like a, it's a touch-based thing, so it could come to anything with a touch. Did you play that again this week? Yeah, it's Oh, awesome. that's yeah. really good to hear. I haven't, I played that. It's coming on a year ago. I played it at yeah. la- last mm-hmm. year's PAX East. Yeah. And it was by far my most anticipated game of that show. Yeah. And then it went into complete darkness for like a full year. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Just to hear. Yeah. Do we have a release date on that? Uh, no. This year. Damn it. All <laughs> right. Uh, Microsoft opens Xbox Live for cross-platform play. Will yeah. we ever see PS4, X1 cross-play? What would this mean? So Microsoft says they're open to it. This was cool. Uh, this is a cool story. They they basically like have done really well with PC and uh, Xbox crossplay stuff, right. and um, Sony's obviously done that a little bit with uh, Street Fighter and all kinds of other stuff. But now the question is: Microsoft basically said for for Rocket League as an example that it's like, hey, like if if they want to make it work, we're open to it. Um, and Sony has sort of not really commented. The the only comment has kind of been like, hey, like we're open to discussions, and maybe well, it'll happen. And yeah. Sony has had. Uh, PlayStation games that work with PC in the past. Like Street Fighter. Like and, Street Fighter. Yeah. and Portal had some stuff uh, when it came to PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, yeah, I mean, and that wasn't really for multiplayer or anything. But yeah, it's, there's definitely, there's plenty of connectivity kind of in that closed circle of yeah. PC to console in, in both. Um, but letting them talk to each other, I think, would be really cool. And whatever <laughs> game is the first to do it, I think, has the potential to do incredibly I mean, well. We have, even in this office, when a game comes out, when it's something like The Division or Destiny comes out, it's like there's a divide in the office of, mm-hmm. well, we the two these two people can't play together because yeah, someone's... Yeah, it's like having friends who go to a different school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yep. So the yeah, idea, It happens constantly here. Yeah. So the idea of being able to play you know, Battlefront or being able to play The Division with anyone... It doesn't matter if they have yeah. an Xbox. Like yeah. that's that's great. That's not that's amazing for anybody. That was, that's yeah. how we get yeah. closer to Andrew Goldfarb's Utopia. Yeah, Business wise, I could see why Sony wouldn't want this and why Microsoft would. Yeah. Because of Microsoft by Microsoft saying this, A, it's a good PR move. Yeah. Uh, and B, it sort of uh, helps their smaller install base sure. where Sony at this point would be like, Well, no, if you want to play the division with your friends on PlayStation Four, get a PlayStation Four. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I do I do like Andrew's uh, Utopia though. I think it's it, I mean it My does name as well. Yeah. It does lead to people ultimately burrowing closer into the consoles that they have already, rather than being like, I gotta buy a second console for this thing. Yeah, sure. You know? yeah, sure. if, yeah. if like you know you can connect with everybody on on Xbox One through PS4, then like, why buy a PS4? Yeah. So yeah, I can see why Sony would be like, you know, what's what do we have to gain from this? Yeah, yeah it's Besides one of those utopia. things that like, on paper it sounds awesome, but it's like, that's not how a business works either. So yeah, it, it's, it'll be, I, I'm fascinated by this. Like, I always like when stuff like this even gets mentioned. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Now it is time for Rapid Fire. Yeah, we're only going to do like two of these today. Uh, we'll keep it quick. Thank you guys for writing in. There's also, uh, if you haven't been in the Podcast Beyond Facebook group, please join that. It's like one, literally one of the only two things I do on Facebook anymore mm-hmm. is is the, the, the groups I'm a part of. Um, that and I, I Heart Horses. No, that's not true. <laughs> um, Austin Campbell says, what worlds from other media do you want to visit in VR the most? Uh, Star Wars. They already said Star, Star Wars. Wars. So that was, that was the top of mind, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, Hundred percent. Like I want to. I want to walk around that market in <coughs> Jakku, and I want to. Yeah. I want to yes. like go to Jabba's palace and like and and <sighs> yeah. mess with everybody while they're asleep on the floor and just look at his butt. Yeah, just, just get like, right in there. Did, I, at a Star Wars celebration, they had a giant life size Jabba the Hutt. Did you look at his butt. I looked at the back of his ass for the first he time. He doesn't in really history. have a butt. He's kind of on it, but he's, he's mostly, got he's got this like he kind of is a butt. Sh- <laughs> he's got this shoulder. He's got this shoulder butt. Yeah, he's got like um. It's like a. 
Like those like ladies a, at the fair? Like back love handles, basically, yeah. but he's like 80% that. It's like neck fat. It's like yeah. when you see those guys so that have a, like He's those, got a cool tattoo. Yeah, he does. Java has a tattoo? Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird little tribal thing on his arm. It says, Mom, it's a heart with an arrow <laughs> through it. Uh, what about you guys? Uh, yeah, honestly, like any sort of thing, like, like imagine stuff I think from, interesting. Yeah, like walking like, around the ship from Firefly or yeah, something. Yeah, or like King's Landing or, yeah, totally. uh, I don't know, something like when you were mentioning, what was his name, Jimmy the Joe, Jo, Gimme the Gull, Gimme mm-hmm. the Gull, <laughs> whatever yeah. the hell that thing was called, like a Pixar setting, like walking around Andy's room in, uh, yep. Toy Story You want to go like explore yeah. a child's bedroom in VR? Max, get out of there. <laughs> well, uh, talking uh, about, uh, we're talking about Jabba's ass crack. I, I yeah, can talk about it. Get some consenting adult I can, talk about, I can talk about a home invasion of a fictional a bar. <laughs> we, we, talked about, we talked about last week of how cool... Uh, like there was an un- Unreal Engine Four remake of Ash's room from Pokemon, and it's yeah. like that cool thing of like Andrew and I like exploring boys' rooms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you mentioned PlayStation Home briefly. Like that to me is the ultimate. That would be a really cool thing if Uncharted Four comes out and they release an Uncharted Four experience. We can walk around yeah. whatever it is. So I would. I, would dogs I really want to walk through like the just a highly hyper realistic version of the village from Resident Evil Four, like just yeah. the beginning and just hearing that chainsaw like rawr, rawr, in the background, which is still one of the most terrifying noises. You quickly, just take it off. I'm out. Yeah, no. I would happily jump back into GTA Five in a heartbeat. Yeah, to just just, just drive around. New York. Yeah. yeah, just check it out. Like yeah. just just go explore. Like yeah. I mean, so one thing I thought was interesting about Far Cry Primal is that you didn't have cars or a helicopter, mm-hmm. so the game seems so much bigger. Yeah, and if you try to play games without like fast travel, or if you try to play GTA yeah. without you know going to find blimps or helicopters or whatever, it's and you're just driving and walking everywhere. It's it's slower. Like, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot bigger. And no, like, I mean I love that. I would I would love. Jurassic Park, you know, I would love like a dinosaur world, like some either either yeah. set in modern times or just here you are in prehistory. Just drop me into a mm-hmm. a, a crazy volcano island full of <laughs> giant lizard monsters. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds it. great. Um, Brandon Dransfield says for Andrew Persona Five, how do you think they will summon their personas? Oh, we actually know. It's awesome. Uh, Ooh. this is like a thirty second. Here. Ooh, I uh, get excited for a Persona. Uh, yeah, the so in Persona Three they had this thing called the Evoker, which is the gun they shot themselves in the heads with. Persona 4 didn't really have anything. They just kind of yelled Persona and they popped out. Um, That's yeah. really dumb. In, yeah. in 5, it's it's like really, you can see it in the trailer if you go slow. It's actually like insane. Uh, they have these masks on and when you get a Persona, it's it's a mask. Sort of like and a bald like like mask. Yeah, exactly. You're going like a, to the Eyes Wide Shut sex exactly. party. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and they're fused to your face and they literally rip them off and there's blood that splashes out. It's like Totally gross and it's wonderful and awesome. Yeah, you have all these cute dogs on your desk, and all of a sudden kids (laughs) are ripping their faces off. Uh, And finally, Sarah Crow says, favorite ice cream flavor? Cookies and cream. That was mine for a while. A cookie dough was mine for a while. I'm more of a coffee guy now. There's a a company called Three Twins in San Francisco that makes incredible ice cream. If you're ever here, pick some up. I think they probably ship everywhere, too. Like a day ago, I tried this smitten ice cream. has cookie dough with pretzels and chocolate chips in it. Oh, my God. Awesome. Oh my okay. God. Where did you oh, get that? that? Sick. From Sprig, actually. Yeah. Right. Oh, they delivered um, it to you? Uh, this week they have smitten ice cream. Oh my God. So I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get ice cream a lot, but I go for like coffee if I'm out and about because yeah. it kind of keeps you moving, but I, I'm like a big sucker for like peppermint. I love peppermint. Have you ever had yeah. like an affogato? No. It's, oh my a, God. it's basically yeah. vanilla ice cream with an espresso shot poured over it. Oh, I had one of those at a restaurant. Yeah, I, was, I don't know what to say it, though. So, it's so good. <laughs> I forgot. I'll Speaking the of it, avocado. the thing in the menu, so I avoided all shame. Yeah. I'll, have an, I'll have an espresso shot poured into the one. Avocado. If you're ever at a fancy restaurant and you don't know how to say a thing on the menu, a good trick is to point at it and say, I'll have the... And then just yawn. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully in the, the and and span of that one, and you go, uh-huh, uh-huh. Although, yeah. like, culturally in Japan, they don't like that. Like, the pointing thing, you have to do, like, 
sort of a hand gesture. Like it's not it's not really a finger. Yeah, point but if thing, I was like pointing like a, to a specific word on this page, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm pointing to like thirty words right now. I'm yeah, they love uh, these curries. <laughs> uh, they, in Japan, they love when weird looking Americans come over and just point at things with middle fingers. Everywhere. Most people actually carry around uh, smaller plastic hands with pointing fingers on them, and they just use them <laughs> like a finger on top of the your finger, yeah. like yeah. a full hand. I love that. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a good idea. I'm finally going to Japan soon. I'm really excited. Cool. Yeah. We have a cool secret trip coming. Yeah. Uh, finally, uh, we had a very tragic thing happen to a very close friend of ours through Podcast Beyond named Levi. Uh, Levi's son passed away after... Um, Eric's son. Er- Eric, Eric's son passed away. His son Levi passed away after numerous attempts at surgery to save his life. Um, we set up a GoFundMe thanks to our good friend Evan over in the Podcast Beyond Facebook group. Thank you guys so much mm-hmm. for setting that up. Uh, we've raised $2,000 already, already. We're keeping the thing open for a few more days. To help out, you can just give a dollar or five bucks or 50 bucks or just spread the word on your Facebook or your social media. That's anything you can do to help. Go to GoFundMe.com slash Levi R. That's L-E-V-I capital R. Um, Thank you guys so much. Yeah, uh, yeah. One last thing. My good friend Thomas Rakowitz, who played guitar on three songs on my album, just put out a new album himself. It's called The Musings of Balance, and you can get it at his band camp. I'll tweet out the link. But look for Thomas Rakowitz. I don't think there's a lot of guitarists with that name, so you should probably have fun. I really like The Musings of Balance. Yeah, it's really cool. Album cover's really awesome. W-I-T-Z, It's a double-disc album. I think it's like some of it's free, some of it's pay what you want. So, yeah, go get it. Yeah. Support your local music. Um, on that note, we're going to go check out GDC and hopefully have some cool new stuff to talk about next mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Thank you all so much for joining us. As always, you can find us on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Marty is McBiggity with two G's and two T's. Yes, sir. Brian is Agent Bizzle. And yeah. Andrew Goldfarb is Garfap. Goldenrod. Golden Jar. Golden Whispers. Golden Har. <laughs> all right. Thank you, guys. And beyond. Yeah. Beyond. 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 Beyond.